The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Show with Brian Katrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives. And Ollie Dean. I really am rugged with him. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at seven. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. Big match coming up, fellas. Gonna be needing a caddy. What am I gonna do? Why don't you try him a little left? And why don't you try backing up? Give me just a little room. Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm catching on the ball, will I? Moving my head, I'm laying it off. Well, that too. I'm pronating. When you're not shooting me, I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like an unfolded lawn chair. Step right up, folks. See if you can outdrive the amazing golf ball uh, whacker guy. Help me keep my head down. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! Save me from those double bogey blues. Gunga, galunga. Happy Sunday morning to you. Gunga, galunga. Drew Alfredo on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. And that guy. I'm a Brian Katrick with Ollie Dean. Uh, we are on assignment in Charlotte, North Carolina. We drove through Augusta, Georgia. Yesterday, good morning, Ollie. Good morning. Always great to drive through Augusta. By Something the w- special about Washington Road. By the way, it's a little secret that neither you nor I, we spent a lot of our lives in Atlanta. I've been in Atlanta since 1980. How do you get to Charlotte? All right. Everybody knows how to get to Charlotte. 85. Of course. That's how you get there. Except that it takes four hours plus because they've been working on Charlotte. They've been working on 85 since 1980. Yes, we took I-20, which the benefit was it was more than one lane for half the trip. They actually had other lanes open. There were no minivans doing 60 in the left lane. No tractor trailers pulling up a grade going 45 miles an hour. So I discovered this by accident. I discovered it. Now all of a sudden I'm Vasco da Gama. Mm -hmm. I was at Quail Hollow somewhere in the last six months and just needed my map. Quail Hollow is in southeastern Charlotte, which is kind of just south of Charlotte. And I needed my map just to get me back to the interstate. I know where I'm going at this point. Be back to the interstate. Don't want to take a wrong turn. I'm coming home. So I ask my map, and as I start following directions blindly on my map, and I get onto the interstate, and I merge on, and I go to go to turn it off, and I look, and I'm on Interstate 77. Heading to Columbia. Heading to Columbia. That's what my map decided was the best way to get back to Atlanta. It's two hours from Charlotte to Augusta. It's two hours from Augusta back to my house. That's four hours every single time. Why would I? Why would I run the night the the I eighty five gauntlet ever? 
You know what we did not see on this trip? We didn't see the Gaffney peach. And we did not see an orange cone. We did not see one orange traffic barrel. No, we did not. So, news flash to those who didn't know it, and there's two of us that didn't know it. Maybe we're the only ones that didn't know it, but I bet there's at least two more of you out there that just realized if you have to go to Charlotte, go through Columbia. Check out the it's big brain on bread. And then it's an out. <laughs> I don't know that I get credit for having a big brain. It took since 1980. I just realized it last year. That's a little slow. Better late than never. Better late than never. And that's your travel tip brought to you by Brian Catrick. There you Holly go. Dean. There you go. So it, it gave us the opportunity to uh, to tread upon Washington Road, which is also that is a bonus. It is a bonus. Even if the trip is the same. Look, if you lived at, uh, up at Sugarloaf, you're not coming all the way over here to go to Charlotte. You're just going to no. you're going to deal with it. But if you live somewhere else, I'm over, you know, we're on you're the in west. Athens. You're probably not. No. Dropping down to I-20 at Covington. But if you're city level or below, you know, we're we're over on the west side. There ain't no reason to go up 85. No, there's no reason. I will never make the 85 trip no. to anywhere in North Carolina again. You remember remember the first day of school? The schedule would come out, and you'd see your classes. And, you know, there's always P.E. was always in there. And I don't know where if you wanted P.E. Like, I didn't want P.E. next to lunch because those are mental breaks for me. You know, I liked those two spread out. So give me the hard class and then give me lunch. So I could just kind of count down through the hard class and then give me the other hard class and then P.E. And, you know, I don't want a hard class at the end of the day. 85 is the hard class. 85 is the hard class. I just don't want it. I don't yeah. want to be there. I got to pay more attention. I'm going to get a bad grade on it anyway. I'm not yeah. interested in this. If you're in college, 85 is a 7:50 a.m. class with an attendance policy. Yeah. And a doctor as the professor, so you got to wait the extra 10 minutes if if he or she doesn't show up. Yeah. So we went the other way. We did. Uh, so we we turned this on. I we were getting ready for the show, forty five minutes or so ago. Turn on the computer, go over to the Golf Channel's website, and we're pulling up all the scores. They're playing golf everywhere. Uh, although three of the tournaments are now finished. Yes, one of them was finishing the much talked about Saudi International. Uh, we're going to talk all. We we have been talking about it. We've been talking all about it. In this particular case, the Golf Channel's homepage said, hey, watch now. Harold Varner needs birdie on the 18th to tie Bubba Watson and force a playoff. It says, watch now. Yes, and, and we did. Well. And, and we didn't see him make birdie. No, he didn't make birdie. No. So, so, but the watch now, like that's a, they tease you on that. And I don't always have a bunch of success with technological things, so. I'm like, all right, I'll try it. I'm going to push this button. But, you know, I'm going to have to sign in with my cable provider. i got to sit through a bunch of ads. No idea if we have the bandwidth here. You probably had computer science right after lunch. Right. This is. I just don't know that this is going to work. Well, I push the button. We go for that ride. Sure enough, the video player works. It takes me to the feed. The commercial plays. There's. That's not buffering. We've got enough bandwidth to watch this. And there's Harold standing over an eagle putt. Yes, his third shot on a par five. From about 100 feet. Yeah, at least 75. He needs two putts to force a playoff with Bubba Watson. He drains it for eagle. Yeah, he, he hit almost perfect speed. 
And like it was like as if it was as if we were the director and we cut to it. This video feed came up and he was standing over it. Yeah, he was about a half a second from stroking his eagle putt into the hole. Perfect timing. And and what a great reaction by Harold Varner. Yeah, he spiked the putter. Spiked the putter. Caddy comes and jumps over onto him and, and Big Harold bear hugs. grabs him. <laughs> Bubba uh, comes running in from the back. He wants to get out there and get his logos on TV, but he wants to give uh, Bubba, he wants to give Harold a a big hug. So Harold Varner the third, pride of East Carolina, arg, they're pirates. Gets his second professional win at the big-time level. He still doesn't have a PGA Tour win, but he won in Australia. It was a couple years ago, right? Yep. Either the Australian Open or the Australian PGA may have been the Australian Masters. One of the big three Australian events. And now he wins this Saudi International. Uh, Going to go up inside the top 50 in the world with this win. And the top 50 in the world, for those that don't know, opens a lot of doors. He is not currently in the Masters field. If he's going to be top 50, he will be. Yeah, so he needs to hang on. The next World Golf Ranking cutoff is uh, is about a month from now, following the match play in March. Uh, if he were to win on the PGA Tour, that also gets him in. But he's pro- projected to move to 47th in the world. If he can hang on in that top 50, he'll get into the Masters. What a great story, and, and what a great accomplishment. Um you know, he's a, a public golf player, and not a country club kid, kind of grinded it on municipal golf courses, and uh, as you said, played his college golf at East Carolina, and now uh, could be playing in the Masters. Yeah, and I don't know what this it's, He wins on the Asian Tour. This is the Asian Tour event. So that's the big headline, and that was it's where all the headlines were this week. This is the event, right? You've heard us talking about Greg Norman and his and his Super Golf League which he still is not talking about has not introduced Yeah, the buzz this week as they're playing the Saudi international was here. The guys are they're they're playing in the country. That's fun. That's supposedly funding this tour. And we all believe that they will be funding this tour. They just haven't announced the tour yet. And the whole, you know, Twitter wants to jump way ahead. Look, Greg Norman just hasn't said it yet. We're going to give him some time. And one reason why he hasn't said it yet is that this week the buzz was all about who's been getting what offer. The Telegraph, which I believe is one of the tabloids over there in uh, in London, uh, reported that Ian Poulter was was offered thirty five million, thirty twenty twenty two million euros, right about thirty million pounds. Sorry, thirty million dollars to join the league. Apparently, Henrik Stenson has the same offer. Uh, that's notable from the European perspective because. They would both be potential Ryder Cup captains going forward. Both of them could be potential Ryder Cup players going forward. Yeah, especially Stenson, you would think, would have another shot at it. Yeah, so we still Ryder Cup's in another two years. But uh, the word has come down in the past. Again, this is is still rumor, but if you join this tour, you're not going to be able to be involved in the Ryder Cup because the European tour runs the Ryder Cup on their side of the pond. This would be a competing tour to the Ryder Cup, so the European tour wouldn't allow you to play in their event and this tour. So would Ian Poulter give up Ryder Cup captaincy for $30 million? Pay that man his money. I don't know. I don't either. If I mean, I'm, he professes to love the Ryder Cup more than anything in the world of golf. Yeah. and this. So to give that up for any amount of money, that, that would have to be a difficult decision, I would think. And this is kind of the flashlight shining on the truth right here, because these guys that have professed to love the Ryder Cup more than anything else, especially on the European side. We're going to find out if they have 30 million reasons to change their opinion. Well, none of them have majors. 
So they can say it's bigger than a major. Well, yeah. The Smyrna City Championship is bigger than a major to me because I don't have any majors either. Yeah. But for $30 million, I might skip the old Arthur Bacon. I imagine you would. I have got You know what? I'm what a sellout. <laughs> dear, dear Chris Brown. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the memories. Dear Whitney Krause. <laughs> I love you guys. But for thirty million, heck of a run. I'll see you. I at enjoyed the, it. I'll see you at the barbecue. How about that? There you go. I don't think you'd even be invited to the barbecue. Oh come on! No, it's a public facility. Be. So here's these guys telling us now. Sergio, I know Sergio was one of the ones that said you know it's more important to him than a major. That was after he told us he couldn't win a major, which was incidentally both before he actually did win a major. Mm-hmm. And he named one of his kids after a, one of the holes. So. Uh, Majors will change your life. Yes, majors will change your life. But to your point, you know, the flashlight shining on the truth, Ian Poulter and other Europeans have said the Ryder Cup is as impactful as a major to them. So, so would we'll, they walk we'll figure away? out how much it's worth. Uh, then they point the microphones at Dustin Jobs. They point the microphones at uh, Lee Westwood, who says he can't talk about it. He has a non-disclosure agreement. Well, that's about as formal as we've gotten with this tour, where we have an actual player who has a non- admits to having a non-disclosure agreement. He can't talk about his involvement in this thing that hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, you go from NDA to letter of intent. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty far along in the process. Yeah, so again, we all expect that we're going to hear something about this. We're just going to let the man tell us, and the man this week, the man is Greg Norman, the man... Has not told has us not anything. told us, and you would have thought this would have been the week. Yeah, we talked about it last week that if we were going to hear something out of Greg, we anticipated that it would be this week. But instead of Greg, we heard from some other people. Dustin Johnson gets the microphone pointed at him. They ask him, "Does uh, you know what's his offer?" He says he's not allowed to talk about it, which may have been his way of saying he has a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, then they said, "Well, is it similar to Ian Poulter's thirty million dollar offer?" And Dustin says, "No, it's not similar." Which may show he doesn't know what an NDA is. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. Um, Bryson DeChambeau rumored to have been offered $135 million. He said that's not true. He did say it's not true. Uh, I think it's about $10 million too high. I'll be honest with you. Uh, but what do I know? I don't know nothing. But is Bryson worth $100 million more than Ian Poulter is? Well, I don't know. He's younger, and he's got a major. So he's worth more. Is he worth $100 million more? Yeah, I think if you were going to start this rival league, um, young talent is incredibly important to you. Very so important. I think that although Ian Poulter's a nice name around the world, Bryson DeChambeau's a young talent and probably a bigger name around the world. So is he worth $100 million more? I don't know. If it's funny money, sure. Who cares? Yeah. And that money is not an issue with the Saudi group. Uh, no, deep pockets over there. And then the headline stealer, Phil Mickelson, who is over there. Uh, we don't know if he's had an offer made or if he signed a non-disclosure agreement. He hasn't talked about what he may or may not have been offered because he was busy talking about the PGA Tour. Yes, yes. Uh, I think the only thing that he did come out and mention was he's pretty sure everybody in the top 100 has been approached. Yes. I watched an agent for a top five player in the world tell a member of the media that we haven't been talked to i'm positive i watched that man lie to that other man we have to define talk 
Yeah. Could have been emails. Could have been emails. Maybe that's what he was saying. Could have been text I'll messages. I'll just tell you, this was the agent for the, at the time, number one player in the world who says we have not been approached. Phil says they've approached all the top 100. I don't think they missed number one. Yeah, probably not. That would be the top of your list to start, I would think. And incidentally, that individual, that particular number one in the world, is related to the management company that re- represents Phil Mickelson. Yes, his brother was actually, Phil's brother was actually his first agent. Yes. We're not mentioning any names. No. <laughs> no. Arizona State. <laughs> so Phil, in front of the microphones over there in Saudi Arabia, just goes off on the PGA Tour. Obnoxious greed. Yes. I mean, that's a strong statement right there. He feels like the tour, the the PGA Tour players do not own their media rights. We're cutting straight to the chase. That's what Phil is bothered by. Well, it's not that he feels that. It's true. Yes. No, that's true. But he feels like that's the big sticking point. Yeah. And he feels that's worth $20 billion. Yes. The PGA Tour does not, the players do not own their media rights. You're right. Uh, no ath- no professional athletes in any of the major sports leagues own their media rights. That is correct. That's where the money comes from. This is the world you lived in. You know who owns their media rights? Who's that? Instagram stars. Those trick shot artists on Instagram? Yes. They own their media rights. Tanya Tare. Mm-hmm. She's been on the show. Have you ever seen those TikTok videos of the guy who impersonates the mannerisms of NBA players? I have not. He owns his media rights. Okay. LeBron James does not own his media rights. What do we think that guy that's impersonating LeBron James is making for his media rights? $135 million. What? I'm just kidding. Okay. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm, let me put it this way. I got a Nerf basketball goal. I'll figure something out. It's not as valuable as the people he's impersonating. Okay. Is that fair? Uh, tell everybody why that's not fair. Why is it that the tour and the NFL and the MLB and everybody else, why do these sports leagues own the players' media rights? Because the way Phil said it, it does sound unfair. Hey, this is my media rights. Why do you own it? Why does that happen? Uh, there's a variety of reasons as to why that happens. Um, I think probably the most important is the health of the sport. Uh, there is a lot of revenue that is generated off those meteorites, um, and it benefits the growth of whatever sport that you're in. So, you know, whether it's the infrastructure of, let's use the PGA Tour as an example, of running tournaments, promoting tournaments, uh, paying broadcasters, um, PGA Tour Live, funding that, funding different initiatives, that's a great deal of money. The meteorites is probably in professional sports now one of the largest income generators for a league they are, they're funding the corn ferry tour yes they're funding the champions tour yes and they are at least partially funding the lpga tour based With on a new their partnership they have a new partnership correct um so it's it's a way to drive revenue um i, I think the pga tour said 85 percent of their income comes from tournament events and meteorites So to give up those media rights, you're going to take a huge hit on being able to have the revenue it takes to grow your sport. The other element is it's a a matter of control. So you don't want your brand being associated with things that would be detrimental to the sport. And if you don't have control of the media rights, you know, the, the 160th player on tour could be selling his media rights to something that you really don't want the PGA Tour brand associated with. So there's also a control element to that. Um, but it, it's kind of a silly, it, it gets silly to me when he starts talking about the value of these media rights that the PGA Tour is sitting on $20 billion. Um, I, I'm not sure where he's getting the math of what he thinks that's 
a real number. Um, I think that's kind of silly. But in my opinion, there were a couple other silly comments as well. And Phil is being taken to task by the, uh, for, for those comments now. A lot of it is because, obviously, Saudi Arabia is a hot-button issue. They are being accused of using this event to, quote, sports wash. Yes. Which is a term that I had never heard until about three months ago, and now you can't get away from, just like narrative. <laughs> that yeah. is the narrative attached. I didn't even know that was a word. But we understand the concept. It's actually a very useful word because it kind of says exactly what they're trying to do. If that's what they're trying to do. They got a bad reputation. They're throwing a bunch of money at sports to try to make a better reputation. Uh, I don't know if it's going to work or not. If they haven't changed, it's not going to work. If they have changed, it might work. And I'm not so sure that it shouldn't. But I'm not the one to sit in judgment. That's Twitter's job. And Twitter's not buying this right now. Twitter has sided, interestingly enough, against Phil with PGA Tour on this for the first time ever. I think there's a couple elements to that. I think, one, some of the things he just said were so outlandish, and we've talked about the media rights. But the other one that was outlandish was, you know, he complained about him being executive producer of the match and having to pay the PGA Tour a million dollars to do that. Well, that's not, he didn't write a check. There was not a check that cleared at the PGA Tour headquarters that was endorsed by Phil Mickelson. Right. Um, Turner wrote a check to the PGA Tour, Turner Sports, for a million dollars for the rights to have this event. Um, the fact that Phil was an executive producer and a partner in this, um, I guess that caused him some umbrage as well. But if the tour was really greedy, they would have told Turner Sports and Phil Mickelson, you can't do it. And then they would have created their own and pocketed all the money. Yeah. Which, by the way, that money would have been distributed to the players at a tune of 55%. So I'm not sure where this argument is. Yeah. The, company, the Phil's million dollars, half of it went to charity, by the way. And 55% of the other half went back to the players, which means Phil got some of it. Yeah. But didn't get all of it. Maybe that's what he's upset about. Yeah. Uh, So Phil is, uh, look, the best point he made is this potential other league is giving the players leverage. We got a labor crisis in baseball right now. The players here have leverage. The professional golfers don't have a union. That got tried one time. It didn't didn't, Didn't work. It didn't go very well. Uh, this is leverage for these guys. It is leverage. They don't have it any other way, and I'm glad they have some leverage. Yeah, and, and that leverage got them $40 million in the player incentive program. Yes. Uh, but upon closer inspection, it may not have been the bad deal that some are pointing it out to be. So, Well, here's what I'll say. I'm going to give Phil the benefit of the doubt because he, he closed his self-digest interview, and this is what we're referencing with. What he truly cares about is the good of the game and the game that has given him so much. Here's what I've not heard from Phil. Here's what I've not heard a lot of from Greg yet because he hasn't talked about this. How is this rival league going to benefit the overall game of golf? I understand that if you get $135 million or you get $35 million, I understand how that benefits you. But how does that benefit the whole game of golf? And, and I think that's what's going to have to come out to get any sort of public support for this, especially with the challenge of where this funding is coming from. So that was the big story of the week. We will talk more about that as we continue. When we come back, we are going to go live down to the Jones Cup from the GSGA. Miller McCatchern is going to join us. They just opened up a whole bunch of events, and he happens to be at the Jones Cup Invitational down at Sea Island. He's going to tell us all about that. It's the golf show on a Sunday morning. Ollie Dean, Brian Katrick on the fan, 680 at 93.7 FM. And now it's time for Who's Driving? 
brought to you by Ray Judice. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. It's always Tiger or Bryson. Bryson or Tiger. So Bryson DeChambeau withdraws from the Saudi International. Wrist injuries, back injuries, and... The whole world is thinking, well, this is it. Now all this time in the gym and all this pursuit of swing speed and ball speed, it has finally caught up with him. He had to withdraw last week. I mean, he hasn't, hasn't finished a tournament in a while. Uh, Bryson gets on Instagram and says, quote, everyone needs to chill. Yes, I hurt myself, but not from hitting it far. I slipped and fell this week on Tuesday, unfortunately. I know people probably won't believe me, but that's the truth. I'll be back stronger and better than ever in a few weeks. Thanks for your concerns. And keep hitting bombs. I will be back. Bryson says it's not the long driving, Ollie, that's causing the problem. He had a fall. Okay. That's who's driving brought to you by Ray Judice. You don't believe Bryson. I'm not saying that I don't believe Bryson. Yeah, you are definitely saying you don't believe Bryson. (laughs) It does sound a little suspect. It's you know it's it's a little suspect. He slipped, fell. Yeah, nothing to see here. Twenty. He's twenty-eight. I mean, you get to our age, a fall can can cost you a couple days. Maybe he's a battered husband. <laughs> he's not. It doesn't. I don't believe we've seen any sort of companionship ever in his life, and in, in, at least in his public life, which. I will say this. Um, I think golf is probably the last sport where there is still some sort of controversy about working out. So you have the Nick Faldo taking Roy McElroy to task, saying that, you know, he was working out too much. People are saying Bryson DeChambeau is getting too big, is causing yeah. injuries. I, I think golf is the is the, the last, you know, element of sport where there's still some sort of negative mantra about hitting the gym. Joining us right now, just out of the gym, down at Sea Island. He just stepped out. He just put down that big old bar with all the big weights on it. Uh, from the Georgia State Golf Association, the Rules and Competitions Department, Miller McCatcher. And Miller, welcome to the program. How are you? Brian and Ollie, thank you for having me on. It's an honor to be with the uh, 2021 Georgia Putting Champion. You're darn right it is. And I'm so glad you pointed that out. Yes, so am I. You just ruined Ollie's day, Miller. Not not just my day. (laughs) We're on on assignment. He ruined my entire weekend. (laughs) We are are traveling together this weekend. Oh, yes. Now he's going to be Googling embroidery shops to put that exact statement on his golf bag. I haven't brought it up in a (laughs) drive-thru in a couple days, so it's probably time. Uh, First of all, before we get to what you want to talk about, which actually that, that... Georgia State Putting Championship is going to show up on the schedule here. Uh, you're down at the Jones Cup, and I think a lot of our audience has no idea what that is. Tell us what's going on down there. We're at the Jones Cup Invitational, helping on the rules side of things. It's the best amateurs in the world are all down here at Ocean Forest Golf Club, and Jackson or Palmer Jackson out of Notre Dame has a five shot lead right now. I did just finish a course setup on the front nine this morning, and we got about 20-mile-an-hour winds with 30-mile-an-hour gusts and some mist and rain. So it's going to be a real test out there today. 
Okay, so let me ask you this then, because I'm fascinated by golf course setup. Uh, you guys probably had an idea how you wanted to set the golf course up earlier in the week. Now, you, you show up today, and you got 20-mile-an-hour winds. You probably knew a couple days ago this was probably going to be the case. You know the direction. How does that impact what you just did? We definitely knew the wind was going to be the worst on Sunday, and, and in preparation for that, you want to use some different hole locations that might not be as exposed to the wind or if there's going to be rain that might not be sitting in a low area that could be in the area of puddling and as well uh, save some of the keying area that was a little forward so that we can bump some tees up so they're not playing a 480-yard par 4 dead into a 30-mile-an-hour wind. Yeah, that's, God bless you for that. <laughs> we definitely <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> it, the the uh, wind's going to be a test enough, so we don't want to punish them. Yeah, final group goes uh, just a little more than an hour from now. Palmer Jackson, Michael Brennan, and Caleb Surratt uh, down there, the Jones Cup Invitational. All right, uh, you guys are busy. You're running that event on the rules side, and you just opened up a whole bunch of events. What just happened over at gsga.org? Yes, sir. We have the competition schedule ready and out for the 2022 season. We've been really uh, excited for this year and Golf has grown, uh, I think, all across the world in the past couple of years, and we're excited to see uh, what we get in the, out of this year's championships. All right, so uh, tell us what I, I saw a couple of women's events just opened up also. What's first up here on the schedule? So we're starting the season in St. Simons. We'll have the mixed team championship out at Sea Island Golf Club March 19th and 20th, and then the next weekend we'll have the four-ball tournament out at Sea Palms. Uh, and we also just opened our women's uh, inaugural four-ball championship. We're excited to add that to the schedule. It's going to be 48 teams out of Echelon Golf Club on June 1st and 2nd. That is open right now. And our women's dam is going to be out at TPC Sugarloaf this year, June 27th through 29th. We've been excited to keep growing that championship. It's exciting. I that announcement. Yeah, you, you got to be pretty excited when you get a chance like like TPC Sugarloaf. What does it mean to you guys when when they come up and say, "Hey, we want the event." Oh, it means a lot. It's a it's a great facility, a great championship course, and when you're able to provide that for the players and 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 be in the Atlanta area and 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 work a tournament from home, it's just it's nice to be able to uh, provide that championship feel, and especially at TPC Sugarloaf. For our listeners out there that don't know, I mean, obviously your schedule that was just announced is going to some of the best golf courses in the state of Georgia. How does that process, um, you know, unfold? Is it you reaching out to the clubs or the clubs reaching out to you? Um, you know, how do you decide where these events are going to be held at these great venues? We're, we're, we're starting the year before. So we've just wrapped up our 2022 schedule, and now we're starting to work on our 2020 or 2023 schedule um, what we've started doing with, with a lot of the clubs is, is, is multi-year plans. So um, host the women's championship in 23, a senior championship in 25, and a, a men's championship in 27. So creating those long-range plans are great to, not only for us but in the clubs, but it's also great for the players to know where we're going in the future and to provide every single member, age group, um, an opportunity to play at these championship courses throughout the next few years. 
Miller McCatcher and our guest, gsga.org is the website if you want to check out the schedule. You also have uh, member play days, and I think you do a great job with the emails for all the members sending them out, but I'm not sure that all the members are reading all these emails. Take us through the member play days, because most of our listeners, or a lot of our listeners are members, and they may not even know it, Miller. I run the member play day program, and I think it's one of the best member benefits that we have. It's just a great day to go out and enjoy one of our member clubs and play whatever TNR you want. If you blast it out of bounds, go drop it in the fairway. It's just an opportunity to go out and see those member clubs. The first one we're kicking off this year at Dalton Golf and Country Club. They recently had Bill Bergen go through and and get the course uh, redid, and, and we're excited to, after a couple years not being there, to kick off the member play day season as well as hosting a few qualifiers out there this year. Um, but that's at gsga.org. It's $75. Go out, enjoy uh, 18 holes of golf, get a drink token, closest to the whole contest, many other different things we're going to try to add this year that will make it even more fun. Love it. Miller McCatcher and our guest from the GSGA, Georgia State Golf Association, gsga.org. I saw the USGA threw out some of their qualifiers. Their schedule is out also. Do you guys run those in the state? Uh, that's always a fun schedule. I, it's a busy summer for you guys, I'm guessing, Miller. Do you have any weeks off? Well, we just hired Sydney Weaver, who's a, our manager of women's golf. So she's definitely going to help us uh, maybe get a weekend off here or there. But it definitely is very busy in the summer. And it's, uh, we're excited for the USGA qualifying slate. It's tough to qualify in, in the state of Georgia just because of the talent that's in the state. And um, we always love running those and, and seeing the talent that comes out of those qualifiers and go and represent the state of Georgia at the national level. Awesome. Miller, great job this morning. You know, the only thing I don't see on the schedule, I don't see the 2022 Georgia State Putting Championship. Uh, I guess we're. I guess your people are talking to my people specifically about coordinating dates. I don't really know where that is. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. All of us would understand if you decided to cancel that event based on current championship representation, Miller. Come on. I, I don't know. I think we're going to have to figure out what weekend works best for the defending champs so we can see if he can go back to back. Okay. I like that. I like where your head's at. Miller, great stuff. Stay warm down there. I saw Jeff uh, with his video earlier in the week. Jeff Fages was all bundled up. I think he had two hats on. <laughs> that was uh, had, that was something else. Stay warm down there at the Jones Cup Invitational, and we appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on, and we uh, look forward to seeing all the GSGA members on the course this year. Uh, you got it. Thank you so much. That's Miller McCatchern. A little bit... We were a little delayed. We there. were a little delayed. That's, that's our fault. The sound getting all the way up here. Take, have you taken advantage of the member play days? I don't think I have. No, you know what? I almost did. And they had the one-day tournament series last year, too. They did a bunch of those. and just, Some great golf courses. Yes. Coosa Country Club. I saw Pine Trees. Pine Trees on there. Yeah, a lot of great golf courses. Yeah, you hear us I'm going to take advantage of some of those this year. You hear us talking about Pine Tree. You want to go play it? Well, you can uh, what was the member? It was July 11th. Coosa Country Club is one of my favorite golf courses in yeah. the state. Westlake Country Club. They're going to host the Tournament of Champions later on. Westlake Country Club in Augusta having a member play day in June. Just make the, make the two-hour drive over there, and then if you're while you're there, you're halfway to Charlotte. Yeah. 
Don't take 85. <laughs> don't take 85. That would be, you don't want to do that. <laughs> That's not going to get you to Westlake. No, exactly. That's for damn sure. No. no. <laughs> uh, so we appreciate Miller and those folks at the GSGA. And by the way, they have, he, he, I, I think he brought this up, uh, but there is a staff and an army of volunteers that help put those events on too. He's, he's a, you know, it's a small staff and then a giant group of volunteers. They can't do it without him. If you want to get involved there, uh, reach out to them, gsga.org. They, they need you. Uh, and you really help you and I have played in some of these events, you know, have, having that person as a spotter on a whole, a very, the spotter is very important to us. <laughs> yes, very important. Uh, I have utilized their skills a time or two. Yes, uh, the, the volunteers there really help make or break an event. You know what you don't ever want to see, though, when those spotters are out there and you walk up to them? What's that? Just them shaking their head from side to side. Yeah. <laughs> all the tour players that I've gotten a chance to work with, they all have the volunteer marshal story. Uh, where, cause if the marshal finds your ball, you know, he or she is pretty excited about it. Right. You know, I'm going to get to meet John McGinnis or whoever. So a lot of times you don't even know who it is. It's I'm going to whoever meet whoever's playing this Bridgestone three. <laughs> okay. The problem is, you know, that, that a lot of the marshals say the same thing. I got it. It's right here. You're not going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> and the player is already not liking it. The player didn't like it halfway through the backswing. Yeah, yeah. He didn't like it when everybody started pointing to the right off the tee box. Yes. That was not a, yeah, it was not a good walk for him. So what is a nice, joyous moment for the marshal where you finally get some interaction with the tour player is The tour usually, player is very frustrated and despondent. Yes. Uh, as opposed to us, we love meeting the volunteers. Yeah. Because if you find our golf ball, it means we didn't lose it. Exactly. <laughs> And we do it more often, so that's a good thing. You're going to see us every other hole. Exactly. Are you going to be with us on the front nine? My name's Ollie. Come on. <laughs> Need something to drink? I'd suggest standing on the left. <laughs> Here, here's an extra ball. <laughs> no, I might need that. <laughs> GSGA.org. Thanks to Miller McCatcher. And, man, joining us right after setting up the holes on the front nine. That's, uh, that's pretty good stuff. You know what I enjoy most about talking to the, the people at the GSGA and the Georgia PGA? What's that? The love of the game comes through in every conversation we have with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a guy. He, that, we were unfortunately a little delayed. He was about to tell us what all he was wearing as far as winter gear. It's freezing down there. Yeah. And they got a 20-mile-an-hour wind. And no trees. Completely exposed there on the coast. Oh, no thanks. But they're out there doing it. Uh, if that appeals to you, <laughs> most of the events are during the summer. <laughs> GSGA.org. You can see the entire schedule. Mark Lyons and I are going to play in the four ball coming up at the Cartersville Country Club. Nice. That's Another first, great track. Yeah. First event that I'm going to be involved in. And uh, Mark and I are going to get them. Look out for us. I don't know if the DraftKings folks are doing that event or not, but watch out for us. No? <laughs> we are, uh, Ollie and I, on assignment this week. It's we're going to talk a little history when we come back. Okay, we're talking about history. A uh, bunch of tours are finished. Three of the tours are already finished for the week. One finished yesterday, two finished earlier today because of a time zone situation, and it's not even daylight yet at Pebble Beach. It's the Golf Show on The Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Two of Atlanta's best golf experts right here on Atlanta's Golf Station. Now more of the Golf Show with Brian Katrick and Ali Dean on Atlanta's Sports Station, The Fan. We're winding things down here. We're on assignment. 
Be back at Fairway Social here in a couple of weeks. I'm actually going to be out of town next week also. My first PGA Tour Live of the year, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. It happens on Super Bowl Sunday. It's a great tournament. Yeah, oh, it's going to be great. Uh, But uh, here we go. Uh, you've got a little history. You history. Want to talk about. History. History. Okay. LPGA Tour. Yes. First Irish winner in the history of the LPGA Tour. How about that? One of the three tournaments that is over with, Leona McGuire. Played at Duke, correct? She did. She and her twin sister. Not twin. Maybe they weren't twins. I don't think they were twins. They were just sisters. You're jumping stories. I, we have, hang we on. have a twin story coming we're, up. We're getting there. Yeah. Patience. Patience, <laughs> yes. Jedi. Leona McGuire by three over Lexi Thompson. Lexi Thompson hurt her back, according to the headlines. I didn't hear Lexi talking about it, but uh, congratulations to Leona McGuire. That's it. First Irish winner in LPGA Tour history. Yeah, great young talent. And I tell you what, the LPGA has a great deal of momentum starting this 2022 calendar year. Great leaderboards, um, great finishes on Sunday. Congratulations to the LPGA Tour. They are doing it right this year. Yeah. Uh, I see Cheyenne Knight's name down there tied for 11th and was pre- Nelly Corda uh, tied for 15th. Reminded Cheyenne Woods just announced on the gram, this is Tiger's niece. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's pregnant. Good for her. And I forget the husband. I think played plays for the Yankees. He played, oh, he's, he's an athlete. You know. Well, with the lockout, he's got a lot of time to help with the pregnancy. Gotta assume, <laughs> gotta assume that this is going to be a fairly athletic child as well. One would think. Uh, <laughs> yes, like, one would think. I, I love those uh, celebrity athlete couples because you just feel like, man, that kid's going to. Well, where where are Steffi Graf and Andre Agassi's kids at this point? Right, like those were going to be tennis prodigies. Are they old enough yet? I would think they are. They should be winning things by now. Well, that's the exception that proves the rule. Okay. Because they were going to win tennis things, right? They had to. Yeah, you would. You could have probably laid odds they would have. Yeah, I don't think they. I don't even know if they play tennis. I, I don't know either. I'm sure they picked up a racket. I'm reading I'm something right with... now. It says that uh, Agassi and staff have shielded their children from tennis. They shielded them from tennis. Hmm. Apparently, they had had enough of tennis. Huh? It was an article from last year. Yeah, I mean, I get that. But they could be pretty Waste good at it. an opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you're, you know, you you want your kids to excel in whatever they whatever they dream about, whatever sure. they want to be, and at some point those kids are going to see mom or dad, you know, an old video of mom or dad, you know, just whooping somebody in tennis. So they were pretty good. Yeah, and think, I wonder if I could do that, and the answer is yes, you could. Yeah. The young boy Jaden plays playing. baseball, apparently, and the young lady is into uh, horseback riding and hip-hop dancing. Oh, all right. Well, well, there you go. If that's what makes him happy. Yeah. There's always time to come back to tennis. There is. I guess. I don't, maybe maybe, maybe too late now. Maybe. <laughs> all maybe right. Too late now. But speaking of family ties, yes. interesting family ties on the European Tour. European Tour, the Raz El Kaima Championship presented by Phoenix Capital. This is the official DP World Tour event. This was across the United Arab Emirates from uh, Saudi Arabia. And Nikolai Hajgard is the winner at 24 under par. His brother... 
His identical twin brother, Rasmus, started the day tied for the lead with him. You had twins tied for the lead. Identical twins. Rasmus shot 75. He finished way down the field. But Nikolai and Rasmus are identical twins. Apparently, they're playing a team event next week. And I heard the announcers talking about how Nikolai and Rasmus have teased the fact that at the team event, they're identical twins, and they're going to dress exactly alike and get the same bags in the whole nine yards. This could be the fly, This could be the uh, the killer bees all over again. Now, now let me ask this: so, hypothetically, they were paired together in the last round. One shot seventy five. What did the the brother that won sixty eight? Sixty eight. Do you think maybe when they were walking off the green, they just kind of one made birdie, one made bogey, and they just said, "You go ahead and take the birdie." Right. They, so they already did the killer bees thing. Could have done the killer bees already. They ma- we're going to make sure one of us wins. One this. of us is going to win. Who made that six? Oh, that was that was, that that was Rasmus. Rasmus. <laughs> <laughs> was me. Rasmus, I thought that was you. Li- you know, lipping in for eagle. No, no, that was Nikolai. Why'd you tee off first? Well, you know, it's ready not, golf. It's not me. Ready golf. I'm Rasmus. <laughs> no, you're Nikolai. Your bag says Nikolai. No, we switched. We switched bags. <laughs> Controversy on the DP World Tour. Yeah. Controversy. Uh, well, congratulations. Pretty great story. Twin brothers tied for the lead going into the last round. Yeah. Pretty good story. Yeah. Jordan Smith, no relation, finished four shots back. Speaking of Jordan, I was kind of worried for his safety. Jordan Spieth. Yes. Yes. People need to see. I don't know. If you weren't watching yesterday at Pebble Beach... Then the clip, the Twitter clip doesn't do justice what Jordan Spieth did. He, he hits it through the fairway at eight. He only had about another foot before that ball was going over the cliff, and then he hits it anyway. And that's on a downslope. Yes. And you and I have played Pebble Beach. Yes. The eighth hole, Jack Nicholas said if he had to play one hole the rest of his life, he'd play the eighth greatest par four on the planet. But it is a precipitous drop off that edge. It's 100 feet. Yeah. I'm not sure you're going to die, but you're going to the hospital. I feel like death is a very solid option if you go off that cliff. I'm not going to argue with you. Let me put it this way. You're going for a ride after that fall. Yeah. It may be in an ambulance. It may be in a hearse. Yeah. You're going to hit lots of things, and I don't see how you stop until you get all the way down to the beach either. No. No. That was that was a very dangerous shot. It, I love what Michael Greller said. If it ever happens again, I'm just going to walk up to the ball and throw it off the cliff. <laughs> Really? That's what he said, yeah. <laughs> so Spieth hits it, and he got it up into a greenside bunker. So he, I mean, I would, you know, he hit it, and he immediately leans back, and it didn't get very high. But mm-hmm. if you just see the Twitter clip, you don't, you can't tell how steep that cliff is. But for those of you who know what that hole is, you know, you'll see it. And then on TV, they were showing it from the blimp. I mean, they had everything. Yeah. It was uh, it was really good. Bo Hostler, a name we haven't heard since his amateur days, top of the leaderboard. Three-way tie for the lead with Andrew Putnam and Tom Hoagie. I'm taking Patrick Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay is just a shot back. He's been playing some really good golf. Uh, there's also an amateur side of things. And... Uh, I don't know who any of these people are. Did Jack Lemon make the cut? Jack Lemon did not make the cut. Michael Pena, the actor, is tied for fifth. Jordan Spieth and Jake Owen, the uh, country singer, also tied for fifth. I don't know who Flannery is. The team of Riley and Flannery 
They weren't in the celebrity rotation. Celebrity rotation was at Pebble Beach, but they're in the lead. Uh, so, could be good television. Yeah. AT&T is one of my favorite tournaments. Yeah. And then, of course, we mentioned the Saudi International is over with. What's next on this, right? I mean, so they did announce an extra $100 million announce, uh, investment into the Asian tour. I don't know. If, if they didn't announce the tour this week, which they didn't, I don't know when they're going to announce it. And one other thing as we leave you. One of the things that happened while they were over there was the calendar changed from January to February. And if you were an agent writing a contract, February 1st could have been a very important date since it fell in the middle of this tournament. And they didn't make an announcement. So, something to chew on. Yes. A lot of talk about something that has not been announced yet. Thanks to Miller McCatchern from the GSGA, GSGA GSGA.org. Derek Thomas, well done. Have a great Sunday, everybody, on The Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Thanks, everybody. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com.